We're still in our Advantage series, and I'm going to deal. I'm going to go back to dealing with ex exactly favor on Tuesday night. But I felt the leading of the Lord within this series just to do something different for today. But it's along the same lines. But it's going to free you up to get more favor. I mean, I I don't know when we're going to come off this, y'all. So you might as well get used to seeing it. You might as well get used to living in favor. You might as well get used to people giving you preferential treatment. You might as well get used to God using people to open up doors for you that you couldn't open for yourself. Just tell somebody, get used to favor. Because favor's about to take over your whole life. I mean, everything I'm, oh, favor's going to take over your life. All right. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right, James chapter 1. In the ESV translation, they'll put it up on the screen for you. It says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Can you say perfect and complete? And say these two words, lacking nothing. You know what that is? That's the favor of God. Lacking, <laughs> lacking nothing. Somebody say that looks like favor. I want, I want to, I want to talk to you from, from this theme today. It's going to be kind of deep, but I want y'all to stick with me. I want, I want to talk to you because Elder Shaq was all in my message. I mean, every piece of it, every shred of it, he was all in it. Should have just said him in Jesus' name. If anybody wants to join this church, we should have just went there. He was in it. I, I'm, I want to talk from, from this subject. It won't affect me anymore. Can you just practice saying that it won't affect me anymore? Say it again. It won't affect me anymore. Say it one more time. Say it won't affect me anymore. Listen. One of, one of the things that Satan loves to do is he loves to highlight the trials. He loves to highlight all of the, 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 the tricks and the schemes. He likes to highlight low seasons because his job is to get us to go on an emotional roller coaster. I mean, his, his, his job is to get us to be up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. God, now, if someone's taking notes, write this down. God wants me to be stable. Just hearing that, if you haven't been stable in your mind, in your emotions, in your walk with God, it's going to trouble you. It's going to trouble you because a lot of people don't know what it's like to be stable consistently. I mean, if we can be really honest, come on, let's be honest today. A lot of us have not been stable continuously. I'm not talking about just for a good season when, when money's coming in and things are all right. I'm talking about continuously. Month after month, week after week, year after year of, of stability. Stability in your finances. It's like you hit, you hit one good, two good months and then after that it's like, Lord, for these other 10 months, please just show up, please. Come through. Make a way, a way, not even ways, make a way. Unstable. We don't know what it's like to live in stability. Can you, can you just like, do this for me? Thank you. I'm going to come up with some kind of patent for glasses. Hallelujah. 
And so, yeah. And so, because, because a lot of us don't know this, in, in my bag, I have something about, you got something, okay. Um, because a lot of us have not known what it's like to be stable consistently. Watch this. When you have been in a dysfunctional place, whether in your mind, in relationships, in your, in your, in your finances, uh, uh, in your living situation, dysfunctionality, and then functionality comes. I preached on this before. Anything that is functional is something that you look at and I look at and say, this is unusual. It's unusual if you've lived in dysfunctionality for years. When functional things start happening, you start questioning, why now? Who are you? Why are you like me? What you want? I want, I want to love you. <laughs> Better come better than that. I just want to know. I want to get to know you. Uh-uh. The blood prevails against you. You, know I mean? you ever said, sisters, you ever said to him, you ever, you ever, if, if, if maybe you thought it, maybe you never said it, but you ever thought he's too nice? You want to know why you, you, want to know why you say that? Because you're used to dysfunctional men. You're used to dysfunctional. It ain't right unless they unless you see the crazy. Oh, y'all really come on. Come on, honestly. I mean, come on, let's be this is the best place to be real at. Be fake on your job, be real in church. All right? A lot of a lot of us, a lot of us, when we see functionality, when we see stuff that looks like it's going to be wonderful, we get very nervous. Come on, I'm not the only one that's ever been there. Sometimes we get nervous because it's like the first thing we're asking ourselves is, how long is this going to last? And because disappointment has been your portion continuously, you don't want to get your hopes up for something that eventually will drop you again. Because the truth of the matter is that a lot of us, if we can be very honest on this Super Bowl Sunday, and we're going to eat some wings and, and, and I was going to say frittatas, whatever them things are. <laughs> I'm just rich by nature, frittatas. I don't even know what they are, but I'm just saying it sounds like it's rich. All right, so, huh? that's eggs? Eggs and mushrooms, okay, I don't like that, but it sounds rich. Frittatas, all right. So whatever they're going to be cooking, right? We're going to get there. But on this Super Bowl Sunday, be honest with yourself. Be honest. When is the last time you just, when God started turning the tide, started making a way and changing things for you, that you got comfortable in the blessing? And got comfortable with things getting better. The issue is whatever you expect, you get more of. Whatever you expect, you get more of. And a lot of us, we expect favor because our faith is being challenged. And God is telling us favor is coming. And our eyes, the scales are coming off our eyes. And we're seeing favor, 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 favor. And then, and then the enemy says to the part of you that is dysfunctional. He speaks to you to the part of your dysfunctionality in your mind, in your thinking process, and he speaks to you and says, how much longer do you think this is going to last? Or he'll say this, if you, if you, if you, if you mess up a lot and, and you beat yourself up about messing up, he, he, he'll say this, eventually you're going to mess all this up because you're going to sin. Mm. And you know what we do? We partner with him 
We don't cast down evil imaginations and thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. If God is saying favor, but the enemy is saying how long before, then that is, that is, that is something that is coming against the knowledge of God. Our job is to catch that thought and to eradicate it. And how do we cast it down? We speak God's word against it. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Come on. That means it is alive and active. I mean, you may be close to death, but if you can speak the word, life will come back because the word is still living. Hey, God help me. The word is alive and active. That means when you speak it out of your mouth, it has power to do whatever you tell it to do. This is why the enemy hates for people to read the word. The enemy don't want you reading your Bible. He'd rather you read a novel. Come on, he'd rather you come on, he'd rather you read a romance novel. Feel all warm and fuzzy inside. He'd rather you read, come on, he'd rather you read something else. He ra- he'd rather you watch and look at look reading everybody else's statuses on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and looking at that and being entertained. But when it's time to read the word, you know what the enemy tells you? You don't understand that. You can't get this to uh, uh. find a version that your brain can comprehend and get in the word. You have to get the word in you. You have to get it. That word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The thing holding, the, 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 watch this, for a lot of us, the things that keeps allowing us to fall into sin is no barrier of the word. No barrier of the word. So the enemy talks and we partner with him because there's no word that comes up to say, and, 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 there's a lie, there's a lie, there's a lie. Because you want to know something? When the enemy talks, it sounds like your own mind. So this is why you got you to learn the difference between the enemy, your natural mind and your natural voice inside, and the voice of God. How do you learn the voice of God? You learn the voice of God by getting in his word. Because when God starts speaking to you, for all my prophetic people, y'all understand this, the first thing he'll tell you is something that correlates with his word. This is how God begins to speak at the base level. To any person, he will talk through his word. He'll show you and open up and pull the veil back on the situation and give you a reference in the word to what you're seeing. This is how God begins to speak. So people who say, well, it's a little foggy between if this is God and this is me. Well, you don't have enough word in you. The more word you get in you, and and I'm not saying that to down you, you just got to get in the word. Because if you want to hear his voice, you got to know his word. Because it, when you learn his word, his voice will not deny his word. All right, all right. So, so, so I, 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 I want to deal with this. It won't affect me anymore because a lot of us are being affected by stuff that really doesn't have a grip on us. Things are affecting you that really don't have the power over you. And a lot of us are being affected by stuff that are old memories ah, from bad situations in the past, from what happened to you last year, last month, stuff that you wrestle with in your dreams against, sins that you haven't really repented over. A lot of this stuff is stuff that we're wrestling with, but the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Watch. Any place there's a fight and it's affecting you, you have to go back to the source of where the fight came from. Write this down. I have to find the source of the fight. 
You have a, um, and, and, and the reason why I said Elder Shack was all in, in, my, in my word today is because I'm a, I'm a, I want to talk a little bit about breakthrough. Because yeah. breakthrough is a part of favor. Yeah. But not breakthrough like we've heard breakthrough. Like God's going to push you through a wall. You're going to get there. She's going to hit you. Because we think breakthrough, we think this explosion. Here I come bursting through the wall. It, it, it bruised me, but I got breakthrough. That's not the breakthrough I want to deal with today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever misplaced your keys? Yes. Cell phone? Yes. Anybody besides me? You ever lost something that was valuable and you were running around the house looking? Yes. In all the usual places? Yes. <laughs> Same old place, you're looking around. What happens after, after a while you start realizing that what you're looking for isn't going to be found in the same place after you've gone there 15 times? Yes. You'd have looked in... <laughs> You, you have, you, you've looked underneath that couch. You looked in your, to in, in your kid's toy chest. It's not there. Question is, how long are you going to keep looking for something new in the old place? Because if you're going to get a breakthrough, you're going to have to stop looking for something to ease your pain that has been familiar to you. If you're going to get breakthrough, you're going to have to stop doing life as you've been doing it up until now because you are, you, all you're getting is the same thing that you've always gotten. So what is breakthrough? Breakthrough, I'm going to give you a few definitions for, for, for breakthrough and then I'm going to holler just for like 10 minutes and then we're going to eat some chicken wings and frittatas and, and empanadas and all that stuff, that, you know. <laughs> so, so breakthrough is, the first definition I want to give you for breakthrough is breakthrough is making an important discovery. When you make an important discovery, it's breakthrough. When you discover something, it's breakthrough. When you find something in a new place, it's breakthrough. When you stop looking for change in old places and you start looking for change in places you haven't tapped into yet. I want to break out of this. I want to be set free. Well, you've looked everywhere except for the point of your pain. Does that make sense? Yes. You looked everywhere except for the place where you were dropped at. Right. All right, let me give you a second one. Breakthrough is, watch this, it's having insight. Say having insight. Having insight. It's the clear understanding of a complex situation. This, that, and that, that's, that's what breakthrough is. It's having clear understanding of something that's complex. Clear understanding. Say that's breakthrough. Breakthrough is when God opens your eyes and you stop giving the excuses for why you are the way you are, but you start realizing this is not just about me being this way. Anybody ever had that, 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 ooh, that moment where like the, the, the sun just goes through your window and you're sitting in bed and all of a sudden you got this revelation? I'm just stubborn. <laughs> Ever happened to anybody? I mean, you just had that moment. You just haven't had that moment. I mean, I, I, I have them all the time. I'm thinking God wants to say something profound. He says, get up and pray. I'm like, oh, I'm getting out of my bed speaking in tongues. Because I think it's going to be an encounter. Go in my prayer closet. Oh, Jesus, I love it. God said, shh. Mm. <laughs> I'm being very real with y'all. Mm, I can't hold it. Oh, I feel this going to be great. Jesus, and while I'm in there, I can't always like bubbling up. It's like it's like hot oil. 
Ooh, it's like fire. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you said be quiet. And God says, you're stubborn. The spirit breaks. I come back to reality. I'm like, Satan, I, oh, hold on. Before I say Satan, Lord, is that you? He said, it's me. You're stubborn. Right? And at that moment, I'm feeling like, I'm so sorry, God. I don't want to be stubborn. I don't want you crying. I don't want your tears. I don't want your tears. Come on. See, see some of y'all ain't really had no encounter with God. God says to me, I don't want your tears. Stop crying because I don't give me that because I ain't buying that. You can't, you can't fake your way through tears in this one. God says to me, watch this. Welcome to breakthrough. I'm like this. Breakthrough? I ain't, ain't nothing bust out. I ain't had this explosion in my spirit. You know what it was? At that moment, God gave me insight about a part of me that I was blinded to. And God says at that moment when you can receive what I'm telling you about you that you haven't seen up until now. That's the moment that your foot steps into breakthrough. That's the moment that you start realizing I'm about to win a battle here. Woo! I'm about, I'm about to watch. I'm about to come up out of this thing because what, what, this is what God will do. God will give you insight into the things that have been holding you back from victory. He can't say that favor's here and you remain the same way. If he wants you to step into it, he's going to start the process of getting you in the word so you can see yourself in the mirror. He loves you too much to say breakthrough is here and he don't give you none of it. So what he has to do is he has to start changing us from the inside out. How does change happen from the inside out? God lets you see yourself as he sees you. And that's not a pretty sight for none of us. He showed me myself. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but you know what the scripture comes back to me? It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> when God shows you yourself, it's a time for you to start celebrating. It's not a time for you to put your head down and, and not want to be around believers. It's a time to say, I was jacked up. Think about this. The man who was, who was blind, he said, I once was blind. But now I see when God starts the process of working with you and you partner with him you have no you have no shame in saying I have been a hypocrite but as of today I'm the real deal why because most people don't most people don't want to testify until they come out anyway so what God does is he shows you you and then he says now I'm going to show you how to get rid of you because the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So the question you got to ask yourself is, if I've been in church, have I really been in Christ? Or have I been in church my whole life? But I don't know how you know the difference. You, get in, you, you can leave church the same. But once you get in Christ, he challenges you. He says, if any man wants to come after me, you will have to uh, deny yourself, pick up your cross. What is a cross? Him showing you how wretched you are. Oh, 
stop the impurities in you and with all of that that you know about yourself he says you're gonna have to pick it up and follow him and then you know what he does he says take my yoke that's the cross and what do you do with the yoke line up here oh god what are you gonna learn how to get rid of the stuff that has been causing you pain and turmoil he said because when you do that you lay aside the weight and the sin that easily besets you then 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 and only then you look to jesus you can't even look to jesus until you let go of the weight and sin that easily besets you but when you let go of the weight and sin then it frees you up to look up and he says then he becomes the author and finisher of your faith you want to know why it's hard to live for god because the weight and the sin has been holding your head down but the bible said lift up your head Holy gates, be lifted up, your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. You're not dealing with this by yourself. You're not dealing with the impurity by yourself. You're not dealing with the weight of the sin by yourself. Somebody shout, the King is coming. Touch somebody and tell them the King is coming in. All right, all right. Hey, I feel the breath in here. All right, y'all be seated. Let me finish getting through my introduction. So what God does is, he starts opening your eyes. I'm gonna do, I don't know when I'm gonna do this and I feel it coming soon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a whole series on shame. We'll do a whole series on shame and then we're gonna take a Friday night and have mass deliverance for shame to come out. I mean, everybody gonna get free from shame. Cause let me tell you something. When you have a shame-based nature, anything that's wrong with you, you shut down. Or anything that's revealed that's wrong with you. When it's revealed, you shut down because you wanna be perfect. And shame says, you can never be perfect with that. How do you have that? How do you do that? How are you like this? How are you, how are you a pastor? And how are you a minister? How are you an evangelist? How are you a deacon? How are you a saint? How do you speak in tongues and still want to fornicate? That's why. How do you speak in tongues and still cuss folk out? And the enemy's job is to throw sh shame. I was going to say shade. To throw sh the shade of shame. He throws shame on us. Because when you, when, you, when you receive shame, you view it as a blemish. And everybody's told you, you got to be perfect to do ministry. That's so far from the truth. God is, if, if you had to be perfect, then everybody in the Bible would have been disqualified. We got murderers. Writing the Bible. Come on here. We got murderers writing the Bible. We got murderers that are, that are leading people into promised lands. We got ex-thieves and manipulators. Right? If you had to be perfect, none of us would make it. All of us. There'd be no help for none of us. It'd be like, today we might as well just come in here and just party. Pass the weed. Come on, I mean, I'm, seriously, it would be no, why be saved if, if we had to be perfect? The thing that got us to God was
was our imperfection. The thing that got me to, to know that I needed a God was I had to realize how dirty I was. Nobody came in here and accepted Christ already saved. You didn't come out to my wash. Wash. You come out speaking in tongues. Wow. You didn't come out doing that. You didn't come out speaking in tongues. Rolling tongues off. You didn't come out doing that. You were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You came out sinful. Nobody taught you to lie. Your mama said, You take the cookie? You said, Mm mm. Crumbs all on your mouth. Crumbs in your, on your head. Crumbs on the floor near you. Mm -mm. Nobody taught you that. It came through the bloodline. Nobody taught you to sin. Nobody taught you to lie. Nobody taught you to be manipulative. Nobody taught you how to. Nobody taught that stuff to you. It was innately built into you. You, you came out like that. And so for the person that says, now nah, I'm going to help somebody. For the person that says, I've been alive my whole life. Versus the person that says I was born gay. They both feel the same thing. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't want to hear that. Because from the earliest of their recollections, what they were attracted to, one was attracted to the same sex, the other was attracted to lying. It just depends on what was in the bloodline. So people tell me, you know what, I, 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 I was born like this. I said, you very well might have been. But, but I got hope for you. This is why the Bible says, you must be born. What's the need of a new birth? The need for the new birth is that you were born in sin. All of it was sin. Homosexuality, lying, cheating, manipulation. All of it, you were born into it. So I don't flip when people tell me they were born this way. You know what I tell them? Well, I'm happy that you realize that. But the question I have for you is, do you want to be born again? See, when you're on God's side, you don't give the devil no loophole. You might, you might feel like that, but what if I told you that you could be born again and what you were born with could be washed and erased off for you? Now that person doesn't have any ability but to be inquisitive because you've offered them a solution for what they are even telling you is their problem. I can't stop doing that. And you know what you tell them? You very well can't. You need the power of God to come into your life to help you to deal with your carnal nature. I don't know why I'm there today. Okay. There has to be, I said this Tuesday, there has to be somebody left on this earth. Ah. Oh, it chokes me every time. There has to be somebody left on this earth that doesn't mind being challenged to be stretched enough to war against the God of this age and what people are saying they can't break free from can I help somebody 
Sometimes God will call you to help break somebody else when you need stuff broken yourself. Uh, <laughs> Woo, I'm just trying to make it through this. Many times the people, the people who are helping everybody else to get stuff broken off them are the very ones that behind the scenes go to get help because they need stuff broken off of them. Everybody has an issue. Every person in this room, including me, everybody has something. Everybody's struggling somewhere. You're struggling with your walk with God somewhere. All of us are somewhere. You're struggling with your flesh somewhere. You're not perfect. You're struggling somewhere. All of us are. The question that you have to answer for yourself is, am I going to let the struggle of whatever I'm struggling with keep me from doing the will of God? Sometimes while limping, you're praying for folk to be healed. Can't tell you how many people I prayed for. They got delivered and set free, and I went home broken. And I'm asking God, when is it gonna be my turn? And He don't say nothing. He says, "Get back in there and do it again." You want to you know what that is? That is that is God. We're gonna talk about it in a minute. That's God building endurance. God won't answer your prayer for a season to see if you'll still serve him and love him and pray for others and love folks when you need to be loved yourself he's building something in you that you can't get from somebody laying hands on you you don't get that you don't get that in a seminary school you don't get that at a, at a conference I don't care who's preaching it they can't impart endurance into you because endurance has to do with you holding up staying under the pressure God said, pray for somebody else. God, I can't take this. He said, you ain't gonna, you're not going to die. Declare it. I shall not die. And sometimes while you're being crushed, somebody else is getting the deliverance. Huh? Sometimes while you're fainting, somebody else is getting their strength. But the Bible says that in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. If you don't give in, if you don't run, if you don't throw in the towel, if you don't fight, somebody you're going to have to learn how to praise and give and suffer and run. Watch this. While you're going through. While you're going through the worst of it, you're going to have to learn how to multitask in life and in the spirit. I'm not going to make it through all this, Lord. Woo. And what God does is, while you're struggling, you're like, I'm, a, I'm already at limited strength. 
and when you when you're in the middle of a struggle what do you want everybody leave me alone get away from me don't talk to me don't it please don't encourage me because encouragement is like kryptonite don't say nothing to me. if you if you rub my back I might fall out and kick you I mean just leave me alone I don't have nothing to just Anybody want to tell you just like just leave me get off of me don't touch me don't call me don't look at me in the eyes let me shake your hand look at the floor don't ask why I'm looking at the floor I'm looking at the floor just leave me alone but it seems like this is what God does when you're going through the most hell this is what he does you would think the loving God right would just be like my child you're going through I, I have you in the palm of my hand you know what happens it seems like heaven shuts up it seems like the only time God talks is when he tells you what's wrong with you oh I'm talking about real Christianity I'm talking about real walking with God like you couldn't tell me that I was a blessing coming and I missed it you couldn't tell me to hold my hand out you was pouring out miracles I needed something on Tuesday night you could have told me to do that but then you tell me on Wednesday morning that my nerves are shot and I need, I need to learn how to trust you more and then you don't say nothing else welcome to the relationship with Jesus welcome to the relationship with God this is what God does he deals with you take, uh, something is going wrong. might be the uh, monitors God will deal with you in private and you will feel like he doesn't care about you And then you say, at least when I come to church. <laughs> at least when I get here, at least they'll care about me here. And then it seems like you come here and nobody shakes your hand. That's it, everybody's busy. Everybody's busy that night. You come to me, I'm like, God bless you, go see Pastor Kennedy's. <laughs> and you're like, why? Why am I forsaken? Anybody felt like I'm funny and it just why am I saying why does it seem like I can't catch a break? Why does it seem I'm, I'm he asked me where Tim was in it? I got clothes, I've got boots on. <laughs> he asked me to invite somebody. I, I got five people, but nobody showed up. I did it though. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving my tithe, I'm giving, I'm giving all the asked me to stand in the $40 line. I did it. They asked somebody to help them rearrange the chairs. I did that. They asked me to give for the, for, the, for the new building. I did that. He would think that with all that I've done, right, that God would just say, I'm here. I will never leave you. Whenever you need me, call me. I'm standing right next to you. And for us, that would be like, oh, I got, I got help. I got help. I got him. But why is it that heaven is so silent when you believe you need a word from God? Then the word that comes ain't the word you want to hear. You're like, I got whipped again. I got a beaten again today. No. And if you don't know, if you can't hear and understand the voice of God, the enemy will show up as an angel of light and say to you, what's the use? Why be saved? If you're that bad, just go back into the world. 
I mean, does, any, does anybody know the enemy talk like that to you? I mean, in some seasons, it's highlighted more. You be like, you called, you called your ex weed dealer. He's like, listen, I'm done with this thing. Meet me, meet, meet me, meet me on. Don't come nowhere near Chalden. Meet me, meet me downtown, Portsmouth, Suffolk. Downtown Hampton, <laughs> right? And you feel, well, that's how, honestly, honestly, that's how you feel. I don't want to do this no more. I'm tired of God. I'm tired of the people. I'm tired of everybody. I'm tired of that preacher. Always tell, always slap me around. I'm tired of this. <laughs> but when you understand what God is up to, I asked God this. No, seriously, I did. I asked God this on last week. I said, Lord, I had anybody old school know what I'm talking about when I, when I say this. I said, Lord, this is H.R. Crump from Virginia Beach. You know, like um, Arnold Drummond used to do on, 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 on uh, um, Different Strokes. Y'all don't even know what that is. Some of don't even know what Different Strokes is. Anybody 40 and above will know what I'm talking about. I said, Lord, this is H.R. Crump down in Virginia Beach. I said, I, why does our church have to be so rough and hard? I asked him that. You know what the Lord said to me? He spoke back to me too. This is what he said. He said, it's a sign that I'm with you. <laughs> I said, was that really you or was that one of the angels that was filling in? <laughs> and, then, and then I left it alone. But I'm going to tell you how God works. When you ask God for something, 9.99% of the time out of 10, he's not going to answer you right away about it. But you want to know when God will start talking to you about it? When you ain't thinking about it no more. A new dilemma showed up and God will be like, yeah, you want to know why things are so rough? You'll be like, wait a minute, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. I need to answer about this thing on Friday I need to do this week. I need to know, should I pursue this? Or should I? No, no, we ain't talking about that right now. Let's go back to the other conversation we're having. I'm like, okay, God. And he said this to me, he said this to me. This is what the Lord said to me, seriously. He said, this, the, the heat of the battle, and the, and the I want to be in that church, and, 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 and the heat of the battle, and all the stuff that, that, that shows up in people's lives, watch this. It's going to blow some of your mind. He said, is the impurities coming up? This is what he said to me. Some of y'all, y'all's testimony is, my life wasn't even this crazy until I got to this church. I celebrate now when I hear that. Right. <laughs> you want to know why? Because what that says is, up until now, the fire hasn't been hot enough in your spiritual walk to get the stuff that was in your toes. <laughs> to come all the way up to the surface. It takes heat. To make the dross come up out of metal. Yes. It looks real shiny until you put heat on it. Now we know if it's gold plated yes. or if it's solid gold. Yes. And you come in contact with the ministry that is full of the fire of God. So you know what happens? Everything starts going crazy. Like, wait a minute. My money. I was doing fine until I got to the church. Wait a minute. My relationship. I, I could be with anybody. I didn't feel nothing. Now you're like, I see that spirit. You're like, I don't want to see no spirit. I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to see that. Leave me alone. I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to know nothing. I just want to. I don't want God. Don't talk to me.
me right now. You ain't talked to me in 10 years. I don't want to hear that right now. You want to date and God saying, and, and, and. You're like, can you please stop with the noises? I just want to enjoy the movie. God saying, this is not it. This is not it. This is not it. This is not it. You're like, oh. You're sitting there trying to smile, eat your food. You can't even enjoy the food. It's like, oof. Oof, my stomach. My stomach hurting a little bit. Oof. Oof. I'm just going to drink a little water for the rest of the night. <laughs> now, what was you saying? Ooh, wait, hold on. Going to the bathroom like, God, let me. He's paying for dinner. Let me get through this. All that stuff starts happening. Seriously, it starts happening because, watch this. Some of y'all are going to like me for this. It comes because you finally found your place. And God loves you enough not to have you in your place and, and keep you a wreck and a mess. So, okay, so before I got married to my wife, and I don't know why I'm dealing with none of this. this ain't, my notes are back there. Look back there. That's my note right there. Breakthrough. Having insight, the clear understanding of a complex situation. That's my note. And that's been up there for 15, 20 minutes now. Watch. <laughs> Serious. This is God talking to y'all. When we got married, watch this. The Bible says, for this, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father, cleave to his wife, and the two become one flesh. This is why all hell breaks loose. Because in order for us to become one, the impurities have to come up. So all of my dislikes are going to come in the form of my new wife. And all of her dislikes is going to come in the form of her new husband. And everything I've ever hated beyond the surface of what I can see show up after I say I do. And all of her dislikes show up the moment she says I do and we leave out of here it's a couple of good nights it's a couple of good nights maybe not <laughs> maybe not because sometimes it starts as soon as you're walking out the door whose car are we going to take home well, I thought we could take, I'm going to take my car like, an old Martin series it shows up because outside of my own walking with God this is my next assignment so when you when you was in the world Satan was like I don't care go ahead and sin do your thing it brings me glory we was like nah I want Jesus now he like, what what now you're, now, you're with, now you're with Jesus, and, but you came to Jesus with stuff. You said, I do. And you came to Jesus with demonic traits. Oh, it's making sense a little bit more now. And now, because you're with him, you become his number one priority. So he has to find a way to deal with your inconsistency, that lion, that mean mug, your contentious ways, your attitude, hidden under what you call PMS. 
which ain't really that. It's just an attitude. Okay, we'll leave y'all alone. I'm gonna leave y'all. So how do you get breakthrough? So how do you get breakthrough? You have to be willing to look, because what, what do we say breakthrough was? Breakthrough was when, when, you, when, you, when God takes the scales off your eyes and you see things a different way. God says, watch this, when you start seeing complex situations, but God shows you that they're not really complex, that's when you start walking the breakthrough. Watch this, you have to be willing to look at situations differently than you ever have looked at them. That just doesn't happen because you're looking differently. It happens when God anoints your eyes to see. And sometimes you come, you, I, I can't speak for no other church who was at before here, but before then you got a good touch. But you came in here seeing men as trees. So what happened was, you got to a place and God said, I'm going to re-anoint your eyes. So you can see. Part of you now seeing is now breakthrough has to hit your life. Now God starts letting you be uncomfortable with stuff that you were once comfortable before and you called yourself a Christian. Now it's now you're like, uh-uh, even if you participate, something in you is crawling. You're like, oh, Lord. Why? Because you at that moment, you, should start, you really should start telling God thank you because you finally got a new perspective. Somebody shout, I thank God for a new perspective. Can I have 10 more minutes on top of the, the 15 I, I gave you? Okay, okay. Do I have y'all's permission? All right, I'll take 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I'll set a new alarm clock. All right. I'm really going to do it too. Okay, I gave myself 11. Just so I can. All right. So when you get, watch this. To get a new insight requires that you, now I'm going to teach you. How do you get breakthrough and get a new perspective? You have to start studying your current situation. You got to start studying why you are in this mess. Study it. I mean, make that the thing that is your focal point after the word. Study the word, then study why am I like this. Go back to the, to the earliest recollections of when you started acting like this. Go back to the person that hurt you in your mind, in your emotions. If you don't do that, you're not going to get breakthrough. Many times what, what a lot of us try to do is we try to avoid the problems and the trials of life. We avoid it. I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want to do none of this. I'm tired of all of this. We, we, we have played the, the avoiding game with God for all of our time being saved. But we want God to elevate us. I'm next in line for a miracle. No, you're not. You're not next in line for no miracle until you can deal with why you are the way you are. Because you can't get a miracle being stubborn. So how do you so 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 how, how do you how do you navigate through this? Somebody shout this. I gotta pray through circumstances. You gotta pray through hard times. You gotta ask God to open your eyes and teach you how to pray so that you can deal with the stuff inside of you that you don't like and God don't like. You can't give excuses for stuff you don't like until you pray about it. And after you pray about it, then you got to be open for God to change you from the inside out. You got to remember this. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Write this down. Psalm 23 and 13. Psalm 23 and 13. I'm going to read this from the NLT. He says, I would have despaired or fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Now watch, watch, watch. He said, I would have fainted. I would have despaired unless I would have believed to see. 
If I didn't see the, if I didn't believe I was seeing the goodness of God, I would have fainted in what I was going through. So sometimes what happens is God will let your eyes be opened to the new possibilities, although they haven't showed up yet. What if things change? How would it look? And you start, you, we, we call it daydreaming, but what you're really doing is peeking over in the spirit. We call it daydreaming, but what you're really doing is seeing in the eternal. Because your imagination came from God. Notice the only thing that God curses is evil imagination. He said evil imagination. He says casting down every evil, evil imagination. Everything that exalts itself. Evil imagination. Wicked thoughts. That exalt themselves against who God is to you. But he never said imagination was wrong because truthfully, uh, I'm going to teach a whole class on that. Imagination is what you need if you're going to really be who God called you to be. You're going to have to be able to see what you can't see yet. You're going to have to see it in your mind's eye. You ever had just a, a season where you just sat down and just saw something and was like, ooh, it's done. And from that moment on, your, your life started changing. Your mind started changing. Everything changed. Now that can work evil against you too. If you start, if you have evil expectations, the enemy can partner with your evil expectations and what you're desiring that's evil can show up. But watch what he says in Psalm 23, 27, 13. He said, I would have fainted. I was almost at the point of giving up. If I didn't believe that I was getting a peek into what God was about to do for me. I saw something that nobody else saw. Somebody shout this. I believe I'll experience the goodness of God. This is the thing that keeps me going. Because when I, when I look and I see that, I look in the natural. While we look not at the things which are seen. But we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal or temporary but the things that we can't see are eternal how do you see eternal you see it through the eyes of your imagination you gotta see yourself rich you have to see yourself with a mate you have to see yourself with a car that you don't have yet you gotta buy a key ring by faith and every time you see it you see yourself walking into a house what is it what are you doing you are experiencing the goodness of God although what you're looking at you don't see it in the natural but every time you do that and every time you speak out your mouth you are pulling it from out of the supernatural realm into the seen realm this is how I've gotten everything I've gotten. We got this church like this. Got my house like that. Got the cars like that. It's not about the money. It's about what you can see that you can't see. You don't have to tell God I trust you. Even though it looks horrible. It looks like it's crazy. The creditors are coming after all my money. Everything is going left field. But in the midst of it, I will rejoice. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. Why do you praise God when all hell's breaking loose? Because it's just a matter of time before everything that I now see becomes what I'm looking at every day tell somebody take a peek into the spirit realm somebody shout these words insight is coming suddenly oh, okay I'm closing I got five minutes it's common for people to try to find a place for relief but not really go after freedom 
Because so when things start happening, what, it, what, what, what we're after is, Lord, make it easier for me. Make it better for me. Lord, ease this tension off of me. And what we're not after many times is freedom. They sing it today. You don't, you don't clap hard and spin wild and do all that stuff until you get freedom. So what, what, why this? But this is what a lot of us do. We, we want to do those things, but we're inhibited. We want to dance so bad, but we're inhibited. Why? Because you haven't seen anything yet to get your praise level from where it's at to where it needs to be. I praise God. People say, well, why are you praising like that? You ain't got nothing. I say, yet. Uh, somebody say, yet. It's common for people to do that. Watch this. We, we experience a, a break from the problem when we, when we want this relief. But watch this. We really are in the same old season. Lord, just make it easier for me. You don't want to come out. We just want the relief. You don't want okay. So what happens is we fall back. Instead of advancing forward, we end up, watch this, we end up going backwards until the, we, we step away from it until the pain is gone. And we live here. And we know that, that if we're going to get there, we got to go through this season of pain. Pain is not just what somebody did to you. Pain sometimes is letting stuff go. Somebody said to me, well, it's, it's, it's painful to, to relive some of this stuff. I, and I tell them, that's the reason for deliverance. It was easy to get in you, but it may hurt coming out of you. But the Bible said, he whom the son sets free. It was easy to catch an attitude with somebody. The hardest part is forgiving them and letting it go. That hurts. Cause you want to see them suffer. Come on, don't act like you ain't. Come on, you ain't never said that. I'm not gonna let go of this until they suffer. But looking in the mirror, you know, in the eyes got big suffer, and the music goes dun dun dun. They suffer. You want them to go through? I mean, go under. Then I'll say, my God has been good to me. They got, can I help? Can I say something, y'all? And y'all gonna really, y'all, y'all gonna really be like, oh, let me help you with something. God don't want to kill your enemy. You do. Oh, look at y'all like, he don't. I'm going home. I'm done. I was here praising God. I thought he wanted to kill my enemies. God don't want to kill your enemies. You want them dead because of what they did to you, how they shattered you, how they hurt you, what they said about you, what they did to your children. You want them to go through a suffer. The Bible said God wants everybody to come to repentance. It's not as well that any should suffer or die. You want them to die. Go under. Pray and pray. like, Lord, take him into the abyss. I mean, <laughs> take him into the abyss. I don't care how long you hold that S. They, they might not go. What if you get to heaven and find out that the person that hurt you and wounded you the most is sitting right up there saying, hey, welcome in, sis. I mean, you're going to be real upset then. Excuse me, God. Can somebody ask God to come out here, please? God, <laughs> I need to have a conversation with you. How is she here? How is she here, God? God's going to talk to Gabriel. He's doing it up here, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, <laughs> 
Let me give you these three things in a week. We're done. <laughs> Talk to Michael. He'll, he'll help you. Hear me. Comfort cannot be your end result. We want to be comfortable too much. Comfort cannot be your end result. Because let me help you with something. If you got comfortable, you yourself would almost go crazy. I'm going to tell you why. Because you've tasted and seen God at an accelerated level. You've, you've, you've witnessed his power to go six months and don't pray. You've had an encounter with God now. Here's a year. I ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to chill. And get, no, God, something in you is going to eventually is going to be like, listen here. Anybody pulled away from God for a season and then you was like, I can't take no more of this. I'm going back to, I'm going back to praying. I'm going back to fat. I got to do something because this ain't working for me. <laughs> All right, so how do, you, how, do you, how do you get this breakthrough? How do you get this breakthrough so that your, 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 your end result can be this won't affect me like this anymore? First thing you got to do is keep your joy. Write it down. Keep your joy. I mean, you're going to have to fight to stay joyful from today on. I mean, for the rest of this year, you need to vow I'm going to keep my joy. I mean, I don't care. Right now, it's good. Yeah, we're in favor. But what happens when all hell breaks loose? You're going to have to keep your praise. You're going to have to keep your level of your, of your countenance up. You're going to have to smile through it. You're going to have to tell people God is still working it out for me. You're going to have to keep your joy. You're going to have to keep your, your testimony. Bible says in James 1, count it all joy when you meet various kinds of trials. When you're meeting trials that don't look like you're going to come out of, and another one hits, and another one hits, and you still don't have the answer for the last three, and here comes another one. He says, you're going to have to keep your joy. Come on, say, say, I have to keep my joy. Joy is the emotion that God gives to us to help us become stronger. Remember what the Bible says, the joy of the Lord becomes my strength. And if you lose his strength, it's because you have no joy. Some of us have somebody say, Lord, give me more joy. How do you get joy? You got to remember the last few things God did for you that you couldn't do for yourself. Lord, you're going to have to have watch, a walk down memory lane and you're going to have to remind yourself that it was not a man that helped me into this apartment. It wasn't a person that helped me get this car. It wasn't the person in the tuition booth that got me into college. It was the grace of God. It was the power of God. And it was only somebody said, only God could have done this. God is trying to give you, what he wants, he's giving you a clue here. He says, when you have joy, that joy is an emotion that God gives you to help you to remain strong through anything. Trials, watches rob us, and the enemy uses trials to try to rob us of joy. So what the enemy does is he throws stuff at you so that you can grab a hold to it and say, well, I guess it ain't my season. And the enemy says, yeah, lose your joy. Because he realizes if you have joy, you can stand through anything. If you have strength, you'll be able to tell the devil, Hit me again, I keep standing. And eventually the devil will have to let you go. And he'll have to take a rest from it because he'll have to go back to the drawing board to try to see what he can do to get you to fall into the traps that he's planned for you. Somebody say, it ain't gonna work this year. Tell somebody, it ain't gonna work this year. This ain't the year for you to give up in the race. This ain't the year for you to tell God what you what you don't have and what you can't do. This is the year to remind the enemy, I can do all things. Tell somebody you can do anything you want to do. Tell somebody else you can do whatever you want to do. 
if God is in it with you. Bible says that if you can just have enough faith the size of a mustard seed you can speak to any mountain you're looking at and you can tell the mountain get up out of here now you don't have to you know how much how small a mustard seed is it's a dot if you got a pencil and just popped it down it's a dot somebody said that's all I need to deal with the mountain see you don't need see the enemy's trying to make you believe that you need more than what you somebody said I already have it in me you have enough faith to deal with any mountain in your life you can tell the mountain back up out of here move out the way be cast out of my life why because I have what it takes God has not given me the spirit of fear but he's given me the spirit of love power in a somebody's a sound mind when your mind is sound and joy is in your spirit then guess what you'll jump over stuff that the enemy tried to throw at you you'll stop fainting in the race and you'll tell the devil watch this if that's all you got and here it is going into february then guess what by the time june hits my strength will be fully renewed and whatever you come up at me with you'll come at me one way but by the time god and the strength of god gets in me you'll flee seven ways why because i'm about to rip you apart satan i'm about to rip this thing in half i'm about to rip this problem up I'm about to rip this trial up no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper tell somebody no weapon no weapon listen listen to um, Nehemiah 8 and 10 it says this it says do not be grieved don't be grieved why? This is Nehemiah 8 and 10, the B clause of that. It says, don't be grieved, don't be upset, don't be overcome. Why? Because the joy of the Lord has become your strength. Tell somebody, I'm getting my strength back. Tell somebody, I'm getting my strength back. Yep, I've been missing an action for a minute. I've been in church, but in my spirit, I've been missing an action. But my strength is coming back now. I'm getting joy back again. I'm going to learn how to endure hardness as a good soldier. I'm going to realize that God has some great plan for me. And when it's all over, I'll be standing at the finish line saying, if it had not been for the Lord, who was on my side, I would have let go this year already. But somebody say, it's February. And I'm still holding on. Declare it, it's February. And I refuse to let go. Declare it, it's February. And the favor of God is on me. Declare it, it's February. And my money's getting better. Declare it, it's February. And all things are working together for my good. It looks horrible, but all things are working for my good. It looks terrible, but all things. I don't have a job, but all things, my money is not here, but all things, rent is due in a couple of days, but all things, tell somebody it's working for you, baby. Woo. All right, second thing you got to do, first keep your joy, second, develop endurance. You need endurance. You need I don't care how saved you are. Without endurance, you're gonna let go every week. 
along with joy there's a second element required for breakthrough if your testimony is this will not affect me any longer you need joy but you also have to develop endurance look at James 1 3 through 4 I'm reading from the NASB knowing this that the testing of your faith produces endurance when your faith is on the fire that's when endurance starts coming up in you why is it that most people give up because they don't stay in the trial long enough to endure it you want to know what you want to know when, when most people when you want to run when it looks like there is another avenue to get you out I know I hear God speaking about there's another okay, nothing's opened up and God I took Deja to see this movie what was it called Panic Room or something like that what's the name of that movie with the, the, the uh, Escape Room or something like that I call Panic Room and, and, and uh, they, gotta, they gotta do these puzzles and find these clues in the room and there's one guy's in the room and the room starts closing in on him he has to solve the, the puzzle on the wall put these numbers in the wall's closing in on him and what most of us do is we're looking for a way that we can escape having to put the numbers in we're looking for a way that we can get out of this but still be anointed Lord use me but I don't want to go through nothing I want to lay hands on the sick and they recover but when you're sick you are Lord just take me now <laughs> you don't know how you practice you practice in your infirmity you get endurance in your infirmity when all hell's breaking loose for you that's when, that's when, that's when God is teaching you he's teaching you when there's no way out for you because what you say when all hell's breaking loose and nothing's coming through for you determines how you come out of this when I tell y'all oh this is the best season of my life that don't mean everything is good what that means most times is that all hell's breaking loose behind my scenes but how I deal with what I'm seeing and how I magnify the Lord and what I'm going through determines how big of a door he's going to give me to walk out of many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord will keep sending door after door after door I don't care how bad it is tell somebody expect to see a door tomorrow y'all ain't got that I said expect it shut up my back to yours expect to see a door tomorrow I said tomorrow expect the door to open for your family tomorrow expect the power to come tomorrow look in your mailbox somebody say door after door after door come on tell somebody door after door after door now watch what do you know the trying of my faith Lord I can't take much more of this your faith being tried Lord I don't like this season I'm in oh God but I wouldn't have it any other way 
anybody ever started praying and you went to complain to God and your prayer changed in the middle Lord I don't like this I hate this Lord but oh God have your way oh God I'm leaning on you oh God I trust you God you're going to bring me out I've never seen the righteous forsaken no it's seed begging bread it looks dreary God but your word says that weeping endures for a night but joy I claim joy I claim the joy of the Lord I claim patience I claim endurance say yes what is endurance endurance is the ability watch this to stay in faith endurance endurance is the ability to stay in faith say stay in faith what does that mean when you want to give up you want to know what I do? I'm going to give you all of my secrets today. You want to know what I do? When, when stuff is really acting up, because you want to know something? You are not a fleshly being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being living in earth. You're not from this world. The Bible says we're pilgrims. We're the aliens. Y'all don't like that. Y'all like, I'm an alien? We're not of this world. The world says, if you want to go up, brown nose, cheat, lie, steal, sleep your way up, do all of that. God says, you want to go up, humble yourself, go down. Humble yourself. Take, take it, take, take the lowest job. I don't want no lowest job. I'm ahead, I'm above only, I believe. Yeah, but if, you, if you're starting out and you don't have nothing behind you, no PhD, DDS, anything. Right? Sometimes you got to start at the bottom but you want to know the plan of God the plan of God is that you develop endurance at the bottom so so watch this when they're overlooking you be faithful when they don't pat your back be faithful last week what did I tell you you're not working for them anyway I'm doing this as unto as unto somebody say unto the law so because I'm doing this under him what happens is favor shows up come here come here catch you favor shows up they go on they go on this way to give to give Dominique the uh, oh, they're going to give somebody else the, uh, the, the raise and God says no 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 you're gonna go this way and you're gonna give the same speech to Dominique why because he's in line for favor Thank you. Same speech, God reroutes the person. Then they go back upstairs and say, Oh, um, Torres, he's getting a job. What? Who is he? I, I believe he's qualified. No, no, they, they ain't even sure. I believe he's qualified. He has a, uh, I already told him no. And so he, uh, I gave him the papers. He's going, he's filling everything out. He'll, he'll start today. And they're looking like, You better know what you're doing. He don't have, there's no pressure on him because all he was doing was working his under God where he was at. And so when the door opens up, all he got to do is keep working as under God. And, and the Bible said, your gift. I don't know how to do Excel. I don't know how to read no, no stock market charts. But, so how is this a gift? Because the gift ain't, ain't something you learn. The gift is faith. Your gift will make the room 
and the gift will bring you before kings and queens. God said, I'm about to upgrade your status because of favor. Your ability to stay in faith is going to open a favor. But when the favor comes, watch this, stay humble with the favor. And God said, I'll give you more than you dreamed of. I'll open up doors for you that seem to be shut against you. I'll have people saying, God said, I'll whisper your name. He said, I'll whisper your name in the ears of people that don't even like you. And they'll be inclined to do for you what they would have done for somebody they liked. They'll smile at you and the whole time internally don't even like you. They being fake, the favor of God has turned their frown upside down. And before it's over, God will have folks blessing you. Why? Because somebody said, I stayed in faith. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. What the enemy calls the lack of faith. And how many of you ever felt like I, I just I, I don't have no more faith? What that really is, is you lack endurance. You lack endurance. You have faith because you have enough a, a dot. You got that much. You know how you, I know you got that much faith? Because you sat in the seat. Somewhere in you there's faith. You don't have a lack of faith. Because in order to move a mountain, all you need is a mustard seed amount of faith. To move a mountain. So how much faith do you think you need to get a car? What's one-tenth of a mustard seed? Forget it. Do you get what I'm saying? The process is not that you can't get the car. The process is you won't remain in faith. So that God can... Now watch this. This is what I learned and I'm, I'm done. I'm done. This is what I learned. God is not getting you because what you believe in for hasn't showed up yet. Stay in faith. You want to know what you want to know what, what, what takes long sometimes is the other side of the story. The people who are trying to figure out what they're going to do with this house is what the holdup is for your house. Oh. Somebody's driving your car now, but it's about to be repoed. But the right the right officers have to pick up the car to bring it to the right lot. And God is setting up. You believe in God. Remain in faith. Don't come out of faith. Even when, when you've given a deadline and the deadline is passed. Stay in faith. Because what's happening is God's still working stuff out on the other side. God didn't drop you. The enemy told you that. And you believed him. God ain't dropped you. God's holding you. You lost the last car. Okay. But what did you learn from it? I'm going to be a better steward over my finances. I can't rob God. What did you learn? Because if you learn the right lesson, you'll never repeat it ever again. I got one car repo and none after. You want to know why? Because I learned what opened the door for that. And when I close the door to that, never happened again. You can stop all of it. Stop jumping in faith, out of faith, in faith. You know, you look like kid and play. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you, you're jumping in and out of faith. You're double-minded. God can't go back on his word. When you're in faith, 
Today you're like, yeah! On that Super Bowl Sunday, Bishop preached that word. By next Sunday, Lord, why do I have to go? You just jumped out of faith. You jumped back into faith. Oh, I'm encouraged. I'm determined. Tuesday, oh. oh, God. The next Sunday, oh, I'm here. I ain't moving this time, devil. Monday morning, Lord. You wake up like, Lord, come on. What's going on? You can't jump in and out of faith. You become double-minded, and God is never going to go back on his word. He said, let not that man or woman think they'll receive. So what's left after anything? Nothing. From the Lord. Touch somebody, tell them, stay in faith. Tell them, stay in faith. I told you, endurance means to, to hold up under the pressure. I'm done, I'm done. It means to hold up under pressure. Last thing is, the last thing you need to know, if you want, if you want, if you want breakthrough, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. James says, if any man lacks wisdom, and that same, I think is verse number four, ask of God, who gives, everybody say freely. God gives it freely to you. Wisdom is yours because you ask for it. And you wanna you know what happens when wisdom comes? You ask God for wisdom, the first thing God's going to do is remind you of the information you received. Because you want to know, know how wisdom works? Wisdom works like this. God gives you information. You grab a hold of the information. Today you got, you got word, you got information, you got a firm foundation. Hold on to it. Listen to it again. Look over your notes. Take more notes. Read it. Listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. That word of I hit my heart. What happens is the more you get the information in your spirit, God, give me wisdom now. Wisdom is the ability to, the ability to apply the information, the knowledge. You can have a whole lot of stuff. You know, I've, I've talked to people and say, you know, the Bible says, and they'll, they'll, they'll challenge me on scripture. I'm like, that word, have I hit in my heart that I might not sit against sin? I'm like, oh, so you know the word. Create, in me a clean heart that I, create, you know, people got the word. They have the knowledge, they don't have the wisdom. I know people that can spit word out. They got that word, right? But then you look at them and say, if you know this much word, why are you going through this? You ever seen anybody like that? Like, come on. How are you leading a congregation and always in the dumps? What does the word say? The word says, they can tell you what the word says. But where they lack at is in wisdom because they can't apply. If you want breakthrough, you're going to have to be able to apply the word at the right time to a situation. You won't come out until you learn how to apply the word. Right there. You see what I'm saying? When you learn and ask God for wisdom, what God's going to do is he's going to help you with timing and application y'all got the word y'all know word y'all be preaching with me because God said that uh, before one jot or tittle come on bishop of his word pass away heaven and earth yes God you got the word you got the word now pray for wisdom pray for wisdom pray and say God with all the word that I do know 
teach me where and how to apply it. I'll be in certain circumstances and I'm about to say something and I know I got the legal right to say something. Listen, you better shut up. Right? And right when I go to talk, the word comes up for me. Study to be quiet. I'm like, ah. 